the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to the Italian Grape Geek Podcast. Join us as we explore personal stories of travel and tasting with Italy's must-know grape varietals. Chart your own course with My Italian Grape Geek Journal, your personal tasting companion to accompany the series. Available now on Amazon. With thanks to Colangelo and Partners for their generous support with this project. Hi, this is Russ, and I'm back to talk about the last of the five grapes that I'm covering, which is the Sangiovese grape. So when I found out I was writing the Sangiovese chapter, my first thought was, I'm going to make somebody upset with this because there's no way somebody's going to read this and either feel left out or feel like I missed something. So it was a responsibility that I took very seriously as the most important Italian wine grape. But it is also a variety that over the last number of years, I've gotten back into exploring. So I was really, in a way, also very excited to write this chapter because of all the possibilities that there are with Sangiovese. It's pretty likely that the first Italian red wine that I ever had was a Chianti. And so that would have been my first experience with it. I honestly can't sit here and tell you what that was like. But I can tell you more about my more recent experiences with the grape, which is that it is amazingly diverse. It's very good at expressing terroir. And depending on where it comes from, it can really exhibit a lot of different types of characters. And I've, it's over the last number of years, going beyond Chianti, Chianti Classico and Brunello di Montalcino is exploring versions made in the town of Montepulciano in the south of Tuscany, where you have the, the really interesting Rosso di Montepulciano, Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, and then down in the Maremma area with the Moralino di Scanzano DOCG, one that we don't see as much here in the U.S. market, but really makes some interesting examples. And so personally, over the last few years, have just had a lot of fun exploring what the possibilities are with this grape. And then even examples from up in Emilia Romagna or the Rosso Piceno wines of Marche, where it's used as a 50-50 blend component with the Montepulciano grape. It really shows you how diverse this grape can be. Although for me, my characteristic marker on a Sangiovese would be a tomato leaf type of an aroma. And again, how we sense wine is very personal. That, to me, is something that I will almost always get from a wine that includes Sangiovese. Again, probably the most important grape in Italy. It grows in every region in Italy, except Valle d'Aosta and Trentino Alto Adige. But we see it most prominently in Toscana, Marche, and Emilia-Romagna. Most important production area is in Tuscany, but interestingly, genetic evidence indicates that the grape probably originated somewhere in southern Italy, and it has a parent relationship with really many grape varieties in Italy, including some varieties in Sicily. As Sangiovese traveled around Italy, it developed many clones and biotypes, and the grape grower really has to take great care 
to select a biotype and a clone that works well in their particular climate and soil. References that we see to Sangiovese go back to the 16th century, and the name may refer to Sanguis Jove, which is the blood of Jupiter, or Sangiovanese, which is a reference to San Giovanni or St. John, whose celebration day is the same day as the summer solstice. I mentioned earlier, Sangiovese is a grape that's really good at expressing terroir, and it can grow in a variety of conditions. Although it doesn't do well in volcanic soil, it does really well in soils that contain more limestone, and the limestone really seems to bring out the aromas in the wine. Sangiovese is a grape that's high in acidity and tannin, and it requires a long growing season so that we end up with a well-balanced structure in the wine. Generally speaking, cooler climates create fresher and brighter expressions of Sangiovese, while warmer climates, for example, Maremma or Montalcino, will create fuller and riper expressions. Relative location can be really important, even when you're within an area like Chianti Classico or Montalcino. And this is one of the things that makes Sangiovese amazingly fun, is just the ability to taste different examples made from relatively close proximity and see how diverse they can be. One technique that winemakers are known to do is use a cold soak before fermentation, and that helps bring out the aromas of the wine. The taste of the wine and the aromatic characters really depend on where it comes from, but generally speaking, it's ruby in color with the red cherry fruit character and violet or herbal aromas. And for me, again, there's that tomato leaf characters. And as you get the more developed examples, so for example, a Chianti Classico Reserva or a Brunello di Montalcino or a Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, you will start to get some of those more developed characters like earthiness and leatheriness and even sometimes a tar type of a character. It's often aged in large barrels, but some examples can be aged in barriques. It's almost always a dry red wine, although there are also rosado examples that are made. In Brunello di Montalcino, DOCG, it's required to use 100% Sangiovese, in other, whereas in other areas, it's typically blended at least at the 80% level. Traditionally, in Montepulciano and Chianti, the blending partners would be Canaiolo, Mamolo, or Malvasia Nera. But there are also blends that can use international varieties like Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Benchmark producers would include Antinori, Fontodi, Frescobaldi, Castello di Fontorutoli, Dridona, Sassetto Livi, and Castellate di Castellina. There are many great producers out there, and I'm really sorry if I missed you. Food pairings for Sangiovese can include aged cheese like Pecorino Romano or Parmigiano Reggiano. A classic tomato sauce will always go well with Sangiovese, so either in pasta or pizza. And then more aged examples can be paired with grilled or roasted meats and sausages. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.